This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. It's just this huge dude that like had long hair. I like look at him and I said, who are you? Looks at me and he's like, who are you talking to like that? Did he man up on you on an eight-year-old kid? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We got a lot to get to, and of course, helping me navigate the journey as he does each and every week. I would normally do a sidekick gag, but rather the fact that he dressed like me yet again, I'm going to refer to him from here on out as the great value wish Corey Graves, NXT 2.0's Vic Joseph. Vic, how are you, my friend? Yeah, what a way to kick off the show after the holidays. Listen, this is like 11 weeks in a row. I sat down in my little studio here in the lair you were and, sat in pajamas six weeks ago what do you mean you're right you're right weeks? i was but I, listen i i, I well, don't let facts get in the way of a good story that's true that's far be it for me to ever let the facts get in the way of a good story but we're not here to talk about your choices or mine vic we're here to talk about all things wwe it is a big day in the wwe universe because tonight if you are listening to it on the day it drops the beast is back Brock Lesnar headed back to Friday Night SmackDown. You have to imagine he's got the head of the table in his crosshairs. But, Vic, is it ever not huge, not exciting when Brock Lesnar comes to town? It always adds a a certain dimension to the day, to social media, to the buzz surrounding whatever show it may be. And I go back to uh, SummerSlam. You were there, obviously, ringside, Las Vegas. As soon as that cord hit, that place blew up. The internet blew up. So to have Brock back, there is something in the air that you know something special, something's going to happen, something's going to trend later on tonight. No doubt about it. And if we're talking about something big, something special, we got a big-time special guest here on After the Bell, Austin Theory, arguably one of the hottest prospects on Monday night, so much so that Mr. McMahon himself has taken notice in a big way. Can't wait to chat with Austin Theory. Before we get to NXT 2.0, which we've got a massive weekend involved for you guys, Vic. We'll get there in a second. I want to turn my attention to Monday Night Raw because I'm selfish, and that's the show that I get to call for three hours at a time and pay extremely close attention to. 
coming out of this past Monday. We've got the announcement day one, New Year's Day pay-per-view around the corner. It's going to be different. It's going to be wild. To me, I'm looking forward to it because I'm not a college football guy. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's January 1, Atlanta, Georgia. That's right. Atlanta, Georgia in a huge triple threat main event that we all saw transpire this past Monday. Big E, the WWE champion, defending against Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. For my money, not just because he's one of my closest friends and favorite people, Seth Rollins is doing the Lord's work right now. I mean, going all the way back to to Crown Jewel, the incredible Hell in a Cell match with Edge, the, the weeks leading up to that, but in the wake of Crown Jewel, Rollins has been on fire. And Rollins is one of those rare instances in this business where he's obnoxious on screen and you want to shut him up and you can't wait for somebody to shut him up. But God dang, from bell to bell, he gets it done. And I, I would almost draw a parallel to uh, sort of a, an early stage Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam eventually just became so good, even though he was the whole freaking show. He was Mr. Monday Night. He was a villain for all intents and purposes because all Rob Van Dam did was tell you how good he was. But then he went out and backed it up. And to me, that's kind of the the path that Rollins is on right now. And, not, and I'm not trying to, to compare and contrast who's better, who's who did it better. But just the similarities to me from a character standpoint Rollins is telling everybody how great he is week after week and how he should be the face of Monday Night Raw. And then all Rollins does is live up to what he promises week after week after week. I think it's been awesome. I think the addition of KO to the fold, because let's be honest, Kevin Owens does not have bad matches. I think this triple threat at day one, this is also a big opportunity for Big E to really be the focus of, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that as WWE champion, Big E right now is always going to be forced to play second fiddle to Roman Reigns for no other reason than Roman Reigns is functioning at such a level that our business hasn't seen it in quite some time. Roman is that dude who is incredible, putting on bangers of matches, compelling promos. You've got Paul Heyman, the bloodline, everything involved in the universal championship picture right now, including Brock Lesnar, is next level. So I think it's of the utmost importance for Big E to take this and go, okay, everyone's talking about Roman Reigns. Everyone's talking about what's going on on Friday night, SmackDown, Big E. It's almost putting that chip on his shoulder again, going, okay, I'm the WWE champion. I'm going to show you. Yeah. He came up short at survivor series, but it was a banger of a match. It was awesome. Big E didn't by any means come out any worse off than when he went in. But I think it's cool that Big E's kind of got that vibe. Like, all right. Yeah. I know I'm not Roman Reigns, but I'm going to show everybody that I belong in that same breath. I'll give you two points here. I agree with the the Big E statement, but I don't remember a time in recent memory where I look at Raw and I look at a roster and say, let's look at the WWE Championship. Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Edge, Miz, Finn Balor. The list goes on where now you have a lot of names that can be interchanged when you have the people on the internet going, same thing every week. You're getting a lot of new, fresh things you've never seen. And you use the word vibe. There's a vibe right now, and I'm only speaking for myself, and this isn't being a homer, when NXT made the switch to NXT 2.0 and they had the new colors and the new superstars and the Braun Breakers, there was a seismic shift, I think, for all of us. Raw's hitting on a new level with everything I just pointed out. Roman Reigns, as you just hit, hitting on a, a, a stratospheric level with Brock coming back. NXT, and man, I mean, there is a shift right now, and it all goes into, wow, Royal Rumble's coming up, Road to WrestleMania. I mean, there is a landscape change right now. And I, I'm starting to feel it. I don't know if you feel the vibe. I don't know if I'm crossing a, a boundary here, but I just feel something. I can only speak to the atmosphere on Mondays 
uh, Monday Night Raw, but I would agree with you. And and look, let's be perfectly honest. There's been a lot of less than stellar news coming out of the business in the past few months. It's been a rough year. You know, there's been some speed bumps, some things that upset people. A lot of people don't agree with. Business is business. It is what it is. We got to stay the course and continue to move forward. And I feel like particularly since Survivor Series, in the wake of all of these changes, it has, it's freshened things up. To your point, we're seeing a lot of different faces in different positions. We're going to see some new faces. Austin Theory, for one, is getting a lot of airtime. I'm excited to talk to him about. It definitely feels different. It doesn't feel like the change has happened yet, but it's kind of like that rumble. You can feel it. Like when you're in an arena, they used to talk about, you hear any of the all-time greats, when you're laying on your back and, and the good guy and the bad guy are down in the middle of the ring, and Terry Taylor is the one that always used to talk about this, and he Ah, romanticized it in such a way. You hear the rumble. You hear the people getting restless. And here they come. Here they come. And then they're coming up. And then the good guy starts coming back. And then, oh, take it back away. But that rumble never goes away. And then eventually the rumble grows into a roar. And then you realize you've got something special on your hands. It's a little early in the process. But you mentioned Edge and Miz, both of whom returned back this past Monday on Raw. It's never not an exciting event to have anyone the caliber of a Hall of Famer in Edge, one of my personal all-time favorites. The Miz, however, returns after doing Dancing with the Stars, which people like, oh, he went to, you know, the Edge, of course, makes fun of it. It's, it's, that's huge. It's a big deal. In an entertainment realm, my right. grandmother on Thanksgiving Day was telling me how much she enjoyed Miz on Dancing with the Stars. I thought she hates great. him. On t- she hates him. My grandmother to this day watches every Monday to watch, you know, her number one. Uh, but she she tells me who she likes, who she doesn't like. She can't stand The Miz, but when she saw Miz on Dancing with the Stars, she loved it. But that interaction between Edge and Miz, there were a few uh, biting remarks exchanged, you know, breaking the fourth wall, so to speak, a little bit. But that, that little bit adds to the vibe. It's like, hmm, would we have gone there six months ago? Would we have gone there a year ago? Uh, can everybody go there? No, but having someone with the cachet of a Miz and an Edge, and it really gets people going, oh, this is different. We haven't seen this in a while. And and that to me is what's exciting is sort of that, oh, all right. It's almost a familiarity. It's not new. It's not revolutionary. It's, oh, I know when we, I felt this before. It, it, it's a, sort of a nostalgia feeling when you see, okay, they're taking some shots. These two are going to get personal. This is going to be a hell of a rivalry provided it actually goes there. But the the overall feeling, it just feels a little more raw than it has in recent months. Would you agree? It's that gray area that we have talked about in the past on this program. But the one thing when you talk about shots being fired in nostalgia, when Edge has come back, I'm going to just throw it out there. I want to see Edge Finn Balor. I want to see Edge Seth Rollins. I want to see Edge Kevin Owens. The list goes on. And I saw Edge Miz, and maybe I'm like the majority of those in the WWE Universe. I was like, oh. But as soon as he made the line, when was the last, this being The Miz, when was the last time you held a world title? Oh, yeah, the opening match of WrestleMania when I was in the main event with John Cena. I was like, aha, uh-huh. I forgot that that even happened. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Holy hell. Oh, this is now to me, we're going to get into war words. A resounding issue. And I know Miz feels it to an extent because he acknowledged it on Monday in his promo. Miz is, in my opinion, for my money, maybe the most unsung yet valuable player in WWE because for years until recently, Miz has never been injured. Miz can get a reaction 
Miz can put on a good match with anybody. Miz is just the all-purpose utility guy that for some reason is never viewed in that same light with a Randy Orton, with an Edge, with a John Cena. But in my opinion, if you look at Miz's body of work in WWE and beyond, absolutely Miz belongs in those conversations. I understand his character is such that he's grating and he's not a tough guy, badass type, but that's what makes Miz so special. Miz can get under your skin and speak like very few in this business can and has done so for a long, long, long time. And for me, Miz doesn't get nearly enough credit. I and I don't say this just because he's a Clevelander. There's another there's a Cleveland reference on the show that I love to do is the fact of he will get that love and admiration you're talking about. I really believe that that he will be seen in that. It'll be when he's gone. When he's gone, and that's yep. when he's going to be appreciated. Yep, is when you don't have him. And I you're agree. And they're going, damn. You remember how good the Miz was? Yep. It's going to be six, seven, eight, nine. 10 years later when he comes back for a special event and you're seeing a highlight package. I forget he main event in WrestleMania. I forget he's a, this is a guy who was WWE champion this year. Right. Six months ago. Right. Like it's not like he hasn't had a, a intercontinental championships, tag team championships, everything you've handed him. There's an old saying of turning chicken salad into something. He doesn't. No, no, you turn and chicken he that into chicken yeah, salad. Yeah, you but know, you know, I, know. I just didn't want to, I, I, I get, he has a, an ability and he would, he would reach out to me and, and tell me, look, I don't care if I'm asked to get in my underwear and run through Madison Square Garden. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, and I'm going to make sure people are talking about it. That's the number one goal. That's a mindset a lot of people don't have. I'd love to talk to Austin Theory about it and see if he has that mindset, if he's learned that over the years. But that's what made has made him special. That's what has given him the ability to show up after Dancing with the Stars and go right into a main event rivalry against an all-time great and not miss a beat. Right. And he's going to be loved when he's gone. I completely agree with you. I wholeheartedly— Don't put a quarter in the ride again nope. because I just went off on a tangent. It was, it was actually—hey, look, very rarely do you go off on tangents at all, let alone a one that I agree with every syllable you just spoke, but that happened. Hell I'm yeah, completely with smiling. you. Here we go. Social clip. There we go. I, I just feel like I feel like Miz is just he's one of the unsung heroes. And yes, he gets acknowledged. But I mean, I don't think people really, truly appreciate what Miz brings to the table week after week after week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. And another guy who recently, very recently, has been getting a great deal of well-earned admiration and much appreciation is a guy who also has been around for quite some time, Jeff Hardy. Vic, I was in the arena. I was in Barclays Center for Survivor Series. And during the men's traditional match, I was not calling it. So I was sitting next to Michael Cole in our little corral area behind the, the timekeeper's area. And at one point, 
I swear to God, everyone in Barclays Center was on their feet chanting Hardy. And it felt like it might as well have been 1999, like that just internal angst, just everyone was just like, Hardy, truly rooting a guy on. It's not like, oh, we're supposed to cheer for this guy. Jeff Hardy was never the focus of the matchup, but he was a member of the team. But Jeff Hardy in those closing moments, when he was, he was in there with Austin Theory, when he was in there with Seth Rollins, the visceral reaction from the audience in Barclays Center gave me goosebumps. And Michael Cole as well. Cole and I looked at each other and just smiled because it is so rare that unprompted, an arena full of people just go, no, this is what we want. We want Jeff Hardy right now. And he got right there and didn't get there. I, go, I watched Jeff Hardy on the newest Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Jeff, I, I don't know how well you know him if you got to spend a lot of time with him, but Jeff- I, I have even prior to- WWE. For okay. So, so you know what a cool laid back, awesome, appreciative dude is and how Jeff just goes with the flow. And, and I loved how he came across with stone cold telling his stories and how humble he still is to this day. But Jeff dropped a little tidbit. He still wants that run at the universal championship with Roman Reigns. And I'm telling you, if the fans stay with this, like they were at survivor series, it may take a month. It may take two months. It may not happen till WrestleMania, but if the WWE universe continues to make it known that they want Jeff Hardy, I have a feeling Jeff could have one more big run left in him. And could you imagine the charismatic enigma, the head of the table? You put that on any card, any time of year, that's a full-blown main event. And it, there's nothing I can argue right now or even counterpoint. The one thing I'll throw to you about Jeff Hardy, and we talk about it, it has nothing to do with moves. It has to do with a connection with an audience. That and few people have. who has connected with an audience, not for six months or six years, for decades, going Correct. back to the late 90s. And he has put his body on the line. People love him. They want him to succeed. Very rarely do we have these sort of moments where you have a genuine, natural, organic reaction. And it's happening. And it goes back to that. That's something I'm feeling that shift through any brand. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Something's going on right now. Jeff Hardy could be the focal point of it. And it's exciting to watch. It's exciting to see every single week. And I agree with you. Continue to let your voice be heard for Jeff Hardy. I love it. I can't wait. Hopefully we get Hardy versus Reigns at some point. And Vic, big things happening, not only on Mondays and Fridays, Tuesday night where you reside, NXT 2.0, big weekend. It's war games. What's oh. your mentality headed into the most explosive weekend of the fall? War games is fun. It's that nostalgic factor that I loved war games growing up watching it in, in WCW and being able to be somewhat ringside for war games is, is amazing. Hair versus hair is going to be fun. Cameron Grimes, who's been on this program, go check it out. He has an amazing story to tell. It's been fun to see his ride. Now a little bit of a change hair versus hair, Roderick Strong going up against your boy, Joe Gacy for the cruiserweight championship. Can we talk about Joe Gacy there. for a second? I'll let you go get on your horse. Because I, I just before we recorded this, I, I started to watch NXT 2.0 and I had it saved in my in my uh, TV and I fit, tried to blow through it before we got it on this recording session today. And I got to see Joe Gacy's segment. The dude is on to something. There is just something it, it you want to punch him in the face, but it is so well done. Honestly, I don't care if Joe Gacy wrestles and I don't mean that as a shot. I mean, to me, the money is in Joe Gacy 
saying what he says. And then when Malcolm Bivens interrupted him, I, I'm loving everything Malcolm Bivens is doing right now. The, the whole diamond mine is cool from, from a competitive standpoint. I finally found out about the Creed brothers and, and what they bring to the table. I think everything about it's really cool. But Gacy and Malcolm Bivens dueling on the microphone, give me more of that. I, I, I was really excited to see that happen. Gacy to me is is just the right guy at the right place at the right time to piss people off. And I think it's fantastic. This is a guy who made headlines in the New York Times. Right. For, he for, said for what he going. says and how he says it. And you can tell he believes it. And it's such a hot button issue right now. Again, is this going to be uh, a, a, a character that lasts 10 years in its current form? No, because it's a, it's a topical character. But what he's shown to me is, okay, I'm going to just shift and just ride and I'm going to ride this wave. He could be around for a long time. I mean, he's got the skills. He's got the chops on the mic. Again, he's fine in the ring. I, I'm not disparaging him at all. But to me, I don't, I don't care if I see Joe Gacy wrestle. I want to see Harland tear somebody's limbs off. But let Gacy just run his mouth. Let Har- I, I, it's, it's got an old school vibe to it. I, I dig it. I think it's and fun. You got Wade Barrett saying he's Clint Eastwood and then Beth Phoenix going, I don't think he would like Clint Eastwood. Like there's so many little side digs. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But Joe Gacy's going to be on on War Games. In the War Games matches, I mean, they speak for themselves. There's an easy story and, and a passionate one with the 2.0ers and Team Black and Gold. And the women are going to destroy each other. And, and it's just, it's an awesome weekend. It's the first time that the NXT, 2.0 brand has had its very first special event so that adds a little you know icing on top of the cake so huge weekend for nxt it's sunday it's exclusively on peacock be sure to check it out leading into monday night raw i cannot wait the nxt 2.0 crew versus team black and gold you referred to Vic, i don't mean to pat myself on the back but somewhere in the performance center there is literally a photo of myself holding a sledgehammer and a hard hat because I built the Performance Center in NXT. Me oh, that's and Seth now. Rollins. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> here we go. I have that's photo evidence. I have Corey Graves says he built Performance Center. Literally. With a with a hammer. I didn't build anything. All right, I'm going to go are... dig it up and try no, to see no, if look, I can find I guarantee photo. you can find it by the end of the day. Alex. We'll get it on social. Yep. No doubt about I it. I can't believe that. Listen, it's not about me. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Vic. Well, you and I have had our fun. It's time to focus on the guest and what a guest it is. Please welcome to After the Bell, a man who may be the most successful jewel thief since Ryan Reynolds, Mr. McMahon's new young Jedi, Austin Theory. Austin, welcome to After the Bell. (laughs) Thank you, man. I'm super excited to be here. We're excited to have you, man. I've been excited to have you on the show for a while. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on you for a long time. I mean, let's start at the beginning where Corey Graves knew about Austin Theory. Uh, I remember hearing your name on the Independence I try to my best to this day to keep track of what's hot, what's happening on the independence. That's where so many of us came from, yourself included. And I remember hearing about this Austin Theory kid who was getting booked all over the United States and making a little noise. WWE partnered with Evolve at the time to do a pay-per-view on the WWE Network, which featured the first Austin Theory match I would ever get to lay eyes on. Fast forward, now you're sitting around hanging around with Mr. McMahon. So there's a lot lot of in-between to uh to cover here but i actually want to get started at the very beginning of austin theory prior to wwe prior to nxt what led you to the world of sports entertainment man so for me uh it all started when i was eight 
um, I was at Gold's Gym, and in that area, of wait, Georgia, wait, wait, what the hell were you doing at a yeah, Gold's Gym at eight years eight old? Years old. <laughs> so, so it's crazy. My mom's the one that actually got me into working out, but she was actually working out at the Gold's Gym, and like, because I was young, I had to go like to the daycare area. But um, that area of Georgia we were in is when uh, Deep South Wrestling, that's where it used to be at. Right, right. The, the developmental prior to FCW, again, it was there was Louisville with OVW, then Deep South, which was around for significantly less time, but also produced yeah. some stars. Kofi Kingston, I believe, was a Deep South product. Yeah. So I, I remember um, I was my mom was coming to get me out of the gym. And she like disappeared and was talking to somebody and I'm standing up front. And like, I always ask the, the lady up front, I'm like, Hey, like, can I get a protein shake? And this guy walks up and I'm eight and I can barely see over the counter. And I like look over and I, I still to this day do not know who this guy is, but it's just this huge dude that like had long hair, like almost looked like triple H, but wasn't triple H. And I was just like, I was just like, who is this? So I just asked him, I like look at him and I said, who are you? And this big dude just like looks at me and he's like, who are you talking to like that? And did did he like, man up on you on an eight year old yeah, kid? Yeah. <laughs> this, this ultimate so, gym bro was like, what's up punk? You want to, yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, so then, so then he, he was nice though. Then he told me, he was like, I'm a wrestler. And I was like, wow. Like I, I've never heard of that. I don't even know what that is. So I asked my mom and she was like, yeah, they wrestle like um, at this uh, building over here behind like a Kroger and um, it's called deep South wrestling. So I went to a show and I've, I've never seen any of this. So I don't know how any of this works. I don't know anybody's name. I, I don't understand like really what the ring is for. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm sitting there with my grandfather and this guy comes out and I, I just don't really remember who the people were, but this guy comes out and it's just this giant dude and he's just yelling and he's just mad. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like I'm terrified. <laughs> so I'm just looking at my grandfather, like, why are we still sitting here? Like this guy's going to kill us. And, um, they get in there, he gets in the ring and then obviously the baby face comes out and I'm just like, Oh, okay. I want to see what's going to happen. So I ended up watching and I was just hooked. And then I remember leaving that day, um, when I left the show and they had little flyers on the table and there was one of, uh, it was John Cena. And this is the first time I've ever seen him. And he was like pointing, it was like the WrestleMania point, but they were advertising raw. So I was like, Oh, I got to like figure this out. Like, where can I see this? And then as soon as I found out like what channel it was on, that was it. I was just tied in forever. I'll let Graves get us back on track because the one thing that caught me off guard there was you at eight years old asking for a protein shake because now I'm envisioning <laughs> this first grader every day with the protein shaker at the kindergarten. Yeah, what, what do we got? What do we got? Math wise? Yeah, that's three plus yeah. three six. And then it. <laughs> so you you see Monday Night Raw and you are enamored and this is going to be a life changing experience for you. What did you see on Monday Night Raw particularly that sticks with you that really really hooked you and gave you the bug? So the first thing I ever seen was. Uh, it was, I think it was Johnny Nitro and Molina and okay. John Cena. And they were doing like a, um, like a promo segment. And, uh, I don't remember Cena was, you know, saying some like crazy funny stuff and I was just kind of pulled into it. And then obviously after that, I started seeing like, you know, like there was DX beating up the spirit squad and just all this crazy stuff with Mr. McMahon. And like, it was just insane. So I was just like, I don't know like what this is, but it's, it's great. So what's freaking me out as you're telling this story is I was a grown man when all of these things occurred. I remember being in a bar with some of my friends watching all this go down and pay off on pay-per-view. Austin Theory's eight years old drinking protein shakes. So uh, <laughs> slightly different. <laughs> Yo, by the way, these protein shakes, it's not like a, a regular 
protein shake. It was just very like, uh, like sugary and, you know, I think oh, was it, it was myoplex a- where you, you get your Brady Quinn myoplex in where you just like squeeze and go, now I'm done and spike it down on the ground and walk <laughs> off. All right. If there was ever a name that should have never been uttered on ATB, a WWE property, it's Brady Quinn, Vic. Good I'm Lord. With the, with Brown the Cleveland Browns deep cuts. Good God, Thank man. Thank you very much. Spurgeon win. That's another one for you to throw in on the, on the show. <laughs> when you guys start talking about sports, I'm, I'm just like a deer in headlights because I don't watch sports at all. Well, yeah, you were an eight-year-old that was sitting in Gold's gym drinking protein drinks. And to be fair, the guy that looked at you probably thought you were an adult because you were probably all jacked drinking. Uh, I mean, uh, come on. Uh, you, you actually you actually beat me to my next question. I was going to ask, were you, were you an athlete growing up? Did you play multiple sports or was the goal always kind of WWE? So um, I would say a little bit before I started seeing wrestling, I think I did like, uh, you know, as a kid, like baseball, uh, basketball. Um, really, it was just those two. And um, I think when I started watching wrestling, I think my mom was still trying to push me into like playing baseball. And um, I just I remember going to practice one day and I was just like, I just want to go home and wrestle on the trampoline. Like, I don't want to be here, <laughs> you know, and um, my mom was like, fine, like, you don't want to do it. So I just would go home, just find my friends. We get on the trampoline, like take a little boom box, put CDs in, play theme songs, like just have a good time. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Was there a moment when you were growing up wrestling on the trampoline with your friends and sort of just knowing that this was your passion, you wanted to be involved in sports entertainment, was there a moment that stands out to you where you went, okay, I'm actually taking the step. I'm doing this. I'm going to learn to capture my dream. I think it's when I uh, started climbing on top of the fence and doing swantons off of it. Okay. I think, I think that's it. I think that was it. <laughs> I better get paid for this. <laughs> I'm just like standing up there, like looking at the sky at like eight, nine years old. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, why would I not want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so how old were you when you finally broke into the business, when you had your first experience in the wrestling world? So I, uh, I had my first experience, I would say, um, yeah, 18. Um, I started at a a school in Atlanta and, um, yeah, it was just fresh start. I think I turned 19, maybe a few months after, but I was still 18. So I guess we can go with 18. All right. (laughs) I'm not going to ID. We're not going to knock it down for that one. I'm not going to card you. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get arrested. (laughs) So you, you find a a school based around Atlanta, uh, independent school. When you first stepped into the ring, because I remember mine, I was, I believe, 14 going on 15 the first time I stepped into a ring to train. There, there were state laws in Pennsylvania. I wasn't allowed to be on a show or actually have a match. But I was right. learning, the, learning the ropes, taking bumps and things like that. Um, what was your experience like the first time as a, a, someone who was a lifelong childhood fan finally stepping into a wrestling ring? So I, I think for me, uh, I had a different visual of how the beginning was going to be. Um, the wrestling school that I went to was actually in the back of like a, a really bad like nightclub in Atlanta. 
and it wasn't in a good area. So it's just already like the atmosphere was already like so rugged and just crazy. Like you would be in the school and you could hear the club music, like just so loud. And there's like no ceiling. Like it's just this grungy, like just go to work and like, you know, make your dreams happen. I, I love this. I see you grinning and it's making me smile because I, the place I trained was in the back of a uh, candy shop in an abandoned oh, mall, wow. a shopping mall. The, the mall was still <laughs> open for business, but it was basically a flea market. All the actual shops and businesses had been kind of run out or, or out of business. But for some reason, in the back of this candy slash baseball card shop, there was uh, what was known as the WrestlePlex, which was basically all the storage area in the back of the storefront that they had put a couple hundred uh, like old stadium seats in and a ring and a little lighting set up. And it was amazing because you would walk in and it was like you found this secret door to the fight club. It actually reminded me a lot of when we did Raw Underground. It visually oh, okay. looked very similar to Raw Underground in the place where I trained in. No air conditioning in the summer, no heat in the wintertime. We would have big space heaters and we're in the ring sweating bullets. And so I, this, is, this is giving me fond memories of the hell that we put ourselves through just to get into this business. So I can relate to a lot of that. Yeah, especially when you say uh, like the weather conditions, because that was like, yeah, when it was hot, man, it was hot. And when it was cold, it was cold. Right. But, but that's that's one of those things, man. If, it, if at 18, let's say 19 years old, you're experiencing this for the first time and it's not ideal. It's a far cry from, you know, a WWE performance center, which is state of the art or, or even right. FCW or deep south at the time. At least they had electricity in the building. <laughs> so when you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in these these really grungy, dingy situations, it more or less from the get go tests your passion. Like, do you sure. really want to do this? Because to to your point, as basically everyone who's ever tried this business, Vic, yourself included, you love wrestling based so much on what you see on TV, whether that be WWE or NWA or, or whatever that was at the time, what you grew up on. But when you step into an independent wrestling school, uh, yeah. God knows there are enough of them, you know, all over the, all over the globe. And you realize, man, this is not WWE. There are no bright lights. There are no big stars. There is nothing. You're not making any money. Nah. It tests your passion from the get-go. It's no longer like, hey, check this out. Doesn't this look sexy? Doesn't this look attractive? It's like, are you sure you want to do this, kid? Yeah. And, and what about that? What about that uh, attracted you? So for me, uh, it was just the ring. And, and I, I noticed this when I started traveling, too, because I've always just been a homebody. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel like when I you know, leave home and I'm not around anybody I know. And uh, I noticed everywhere I would go, though, when I traveled, when I first went to the wrestling school, it's like every time I see the ring, there's just like this, like this comfort for me. Like, it's crazy. It almost like calms me down. And it's like, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's just, it's insane. And it just puts me at like ease. You know, you talk about your training early on and you, you and I have had some conversations about AR Fox and yep. he was really the one that helped you along the way, you, you know, Absolutely. early on. What has AR Fox meant to you? Um, because I know there's certain parts of your game in the ring that you've actually you know, giving him the tip of the cap to. Yeah. Um, man, I, I owe like so much to that guy just because of, uh, how much, uh, how much I didn't know and how much he taught me. Um, I had no idea about the independent scene. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really know like what it was because I think from where I lived in Georgia, it was a lot of, uh, like parody wrestling. So it was more so like a lot of really older guys just, portraying, you know, Stone Cold or trying to point the clown. So you had that, you had that around you in the independence. I, I've seen that on uh, videos of usually that was in the UK. I remember in the UK, that was really big. They would call it like tribute wrestling. And it would be a guy dressed like the undertaker, like you yeah. just described. I never heard of such a thing here in the United States. 
No, so it was, it, I think it was just like a, um, because I felt like more Southern Georgia, like the wrestling's more, a little more, uh, depending on where you're at, it's a little more comedic. And I think it was just, that's what I was seeing. And I was just kind of watching and I, I wasn't really impressed. Like I was just like, okay. And then when I looked up a school, I was kind of thinking the same thing, like, oh, that's what the independents are. And when I met A.R. Fox, I was like, whoa, like he sh- I'd seen a highlight video of him, of course, like after I met him, I was like, I got to see who this guy is. And I was like, wow, like I've never seen anybody like do the things he can do. And um, he just he took me under his wing and he literally told me, like, I'll never forget. I was. Uh, yeah. So I was 18 and uh, he literally asked me, he said, hey, um, there's this thing called WrestleMania weekend. And obviously everything's ran around WrestleMania, but it's where like all the independent companies usually just come down to wherever WrestleMania is and their shows the whole weekend. They start like at the beginning of the week. And I was like, okay, like that sounds cool. And um, he was like, yeah, I have a match. Like it's like a ladder match and uh, Jeff Hardy's in it. And as soon as he said that, I was like, wait, like Jeff Hardy. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, well, all I got to do is ask my mom and then I can go. <laughs> so would you have to get a permission slip signed? You're 18 years I, old. I did. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I was living at, I was living at home with my mom and it was just kind of like, I had to let her know if I was leaving. So, uh, but yeah, he took me on the road and, um, I got to experience that. And like, there were times where, um, you know, like you slept on the floor, um, just those really long drives, not getting paid anything, but like, he literally would ask me like, Hey, there's this show here. You're not going to get anything, but you know, and I was like, yes, absolutely. And of course he offered that opportunity to other guys and they said no, and it is what it is, but he just told me, and I always thank him and he always gets mad at me. And he's always like, quit thanking me. You just did everything you were supposed to do. But um, I still talk to him to this day. Like, he's just a huge influence on me. And, and that's what's interesting, Austin, because a lot of people in Graves can contest this. It's the hot dog and the handshake. It's, you know, right. not getting paid, sleeping on the floor. That that really molds you into the passion we've talked about, where you understand where you came from, that floor, right. that dingy gym, that no air conditioning, no heat, that you get to the performance center. You get to NXT, right. you get to Raw, and you're like, damn, I did it. Like, this is a whole new ball game. And you have that respect, the respect for what we've all gone through. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, um, a grind. And one thing that stuck out to me was, uh, that I remember specifically was how you learn to be a hustler and you learn how to, okay, I'm wrestling on a show, but like, you know, like you were saying, like, you don't always get paid the most, like doing these shows. And it's like, you got to get there somehow. And that takes money. So it's like, how can I get money back in my pocket? And I remember just like, okay, I'm just going to wear one outfit the whole weekend and I have three shows and all I'm going to put in my suitcase is roll up t-shirts, put tape around them, put the size so I can sell them faster because, you know, I got a 15 minute window at intermission to sell stuff, get print out pictures of myself, like get those signs so I can sell them and just learning how to hustle and coming home with like that empty suitcase is like the best feeling. And get that combo deal. Look. $10 $10 for the yeah. picture, 25 for the shirt. You buy the shirt, I'll give you the picture for free. You know, that's how yeah, you make money back. It, yeah. I, I get it. But it's the yeah. it's the respect that then when you get here and you get to NXT and you go to Raw, that locker room etiquette, you pick up stuff off the ground. You 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 listen. It's so important just to sit back and you've done it with AR Fox and this has gone on. Just listen. Yeah. And you will learn everything that's you it. need. And, yep. and that's a hard lesson to learn, especially early for on. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a really big thing is uh, a lot of people always have more to say when it comes to something they're trying to learn. And I've noticed that, like, even if you disagree with something or it just doesn't 
maybe fit the way you would go about it. I just think always taking in everything and just, you know, you know, when something's for you and you know, when something's not so, but yeah, definitely listening. And that's a hard thing for people. I feel like. So fast forward a few years, you're now making or a, a few years after your entry into the business uh, and you're now making some waves on the independence. Uh, what were some of your favorite memories uh, of getting to travel and, and getting a taste of the independence before you made it quote unquote big time? Um, I would say uh, when I went to Mexico uh, for this promotion called the crash, that was a lot of fun. Like every time, uh, not only because the tacos and uh, tortas were really good, <laughs> but uh, the crowd was just always very like, just the energy over there is like, it's just so different. And, um, it's almost like wrestling is like a religion there. And, um, yeah, I just always had a great time. I never really knew what was going on, but it was a great time. <laughs> How much time do you get to spend down in Mexico? Uh, so I, I used to go almost every, uh, let's see twice a month. So they'd always have like two shows a month. And then at, uh, at some point I got to do one show for uh, CMLL. So that was a lot of fun. And that was the first time I went somewhere different uh, than Tijuana in Mexico. I got to go to New Mexico for that. Did you ever go to Europe by chance? I agree. I've spent a lot of time. We've always talked about Spain and, and, and a lot of those places. Did you ever get to experience Japan or was it just primarily Mexico? No, the only place other than Mexico that I went was uh, I worked Progress in the UK. Okay. Um, I did two shows for them. And then recently I just went back to the UK with WWE. Very, very different experience going from the, the British independence to WWE. Yeah, it felt a lot faster this time. What was it like for you being an independent superstar, having known all along? I mentioned at the top of the show, the first time I got to see you actually do your thing was on the Evolve pay-per-view that was done in conjunction and aired on the WWE Network. I believe it was you and J.D. Drake uh, in the main yep. event that night. And I remember I had sent out a tweet that night and far be it for me to just ever put anybody over of my own volition. Cause I have to do that for a living. <laughs> but I remember saying, I think I tweeted something to the effect of just got eyes on this Austin theory kid. It seems like the real deal. And lo and behold, fast forward a few months, you are now signed to a WWE contract. I want to back up cause I got ahead of myself as I often do. What was going through your mind knowing that you were about to compete on a WWE network program? So the, you know, we, we kind of heard a little bit about, Hey, like this show's going to be, um, with WWE. And of course, for me, that's, that's always been the goal. That's why I started this whole independent journey was for that. So this was just like a big night. And then especially, um, the guy I was wrestling, JD Drake, that's, we've wrestled before. So I knew like looking into the match, like the match was going to be good. So I had no stress there, but I think it was just a lot of like, excitement because it was like, all right, now, like I can show them, you know, like what I got, what I can do. And another cool surprise that day was, uh, we got told Paul Heyman was going to do the ring introductions. So that just kind of took my like excitement to like the next level. And, uh, I remember being out there in the ring and it was so hot in that building, the ECW arena. And, um, Paul's like introducing me and I'm just so excited, but I keep having to like wipe my forehead because it's just so much sweat. Like <laughs> it's so hot in there, but that, that was like a crazy experience. And how long after that did you receive the, the call? I think that show was in 2019. Was it, or was it eight? Sounds about right. I believe it was 2019. Sounds in that time frame, yeah. I think it was a, I think it was within um, a few months after that though, for sure. Did you get a chance to talk with, with Paul Heyman and all that night. I mean, everybody's got a, a Heyman story. 
it was it was pretty cool. We got introduced to each other. And then um, I remember after my match, when I came through Gorilla, he was sitting there and he was just like smiling. And uh, he, uh, I don't remember exactly what he what he said, but I, it was more so uh, around the terms of uh, congratulations and uh, very good. And um, I was like, thank you so much. And just kind of something really short, really quick. But then um, after that, like we kind of stayed in contact and um, I kept talking to him and just, you know, just getting advice from him and um, things I should and shouldn't do. Um, so that was that was an awesome experience. When, when you left the ring or left the ECW arena that night after the Evolve pay-per-view, did you know, did you have it in your head like I'm going to be in WWE soon or was it still kind of like that dream that was a little further off in the distance? So even, even at that point, even before, just because of the kind of person I always was, was like always being told no and always like just people, you know, that that's on TV, like, all right, that's not going to happen, you know, because 90% of the time in the real world, you're always around negative energy, I feel like. And it's like, that's just how it was. And I always knew like I was going to be in WWE, like even as a little kid, like that's why I worked out every day because I just knew I was like, I don't care about going to a party. I don't care about hanging out with this person. Like I need to work out or I need to do something that's going to get me ready for that. And it sounds crazy to be that young and think that way, but like, it was just like a different mentality. And I, and I had met people in my life, like um, some people at the gym that were like older and they would just um, like grown men, just like training with me and they're just like pushing me to the limit. And, and it was just insane. And like, it took my mindset to this other level of like, wow, like there's so much further you can go. And I was just so like, I think my mind at a very young age became very strict. And I was like, this is my routine. Like I need to eat six meals a day. I need to work out. I need to watch this. I need to do this. And so I think at that point, like, of course, like I was like, yeah, like I'm definitely going to go, but I just always like told myself, like, you're going to be there because I felt like if there was a point where I didn't feel that way, like it wouldn't happen. So just from day one, I just always knew like, I'll be there. So as your journey progresses and now you, you are finding a modicum of success and you're getting booked and you're, you're rubbing shoulders now with a Paul Heyman, you're on WWE network. You're going to make it to NXT as you get to NXT what changed as far as your mentality or your preparation versus when you first broke into the business? So I, I think for me, um, when I first got to WWE, I was just very, uh, let me make sure that I do every little thing perfect. And let me make sure that I just stay, um, not trying to go out of bounds and just, I stay with this strict, like vision focus. And I, and I think in a way, um, it took my enjoyment away from what I loved because I was almost like trying to be super serious and, and it wasn't me, you know, and I was just trying to, you know, at work, I'm super serious, but when I'm around my friends or, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out, like I'm being myself, I'm, I'm just goofy. I'm just having fun. And, and for some reason, I just couldn't find that at work. I don't know what it was. Um, but obviously that changed eventually. Um, but yeah, that, at first it was just that, uh, I was just really strict on myself and I didn't like that. Looking back, I wish I kind of enjoyed it a little more, but I, I think everything happens for a reason. I would make the argument that especially at somebody at your age, tasting this success of now you're now in NXT part of WWE at your age at what, 21, 22 years old, when you signed the contract, right. that's tough. That's rare. 
that's almost yeah. the the polar opposite to guys come in. Uh, my younger brother got signed when he was 21 years old and he thought he was going to college and he was going to party and have a great time and didn't take the, he didn't have the discipline. And I mean, I've been in the, in the system for well over 10 years now. I got signed in 2011 and the amount of people that you see come through the doors, they might have all the tools. I mean, there've been people that have come, come in at a young age, Drew McIntyre, it comes to mind. Drew got signed. I believe he was very young. He, he was maybe in his early twenties, his first go around and it didn't work out and he left and he had to mature as a human being, not just as a superstar. So you coming in there with that grind mentality, it kind of sets you apart from a lot of people that have the same opportunity, but maybe don't put in the work. Right. Yeah. That was definitely, uh, um, just, yeah, I, I don't want to say I would change that. I just think I wish I would have had, um, just a little more fun at work. Not, not to say like goof off or anything, but just kind of just be like, dude, like when you go out there, like, you know what you can do and that's it. Like, you're not going to go out there and do something that you've never done before. So, but I was just always just very like, just on my toes. And I, and I wish I just relaxed a little more. But you know what, those, those ups and downs we've all had, I mean, Graves has been there. I certainly have been there and you get to the highest of the highs and the lowest of lows, but then when you get back up, I always say that sometimes working is like a clock. Some days you're at the top at 12, then you're at the bottom at six, but it's when you're at the bottom of six, you really learn the most that now you can sit there, look back and go, dang, I wish I would have done that differently. But now, you know, you, you know, right. moving forward and you're killing it right now, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Now, Austin, as you've progressed through NXT, uh, you know, we've had the luxury of having a John Cena on after the bell and, and you've got someone like Cena or uh, Randy Orton, Putting you over by name when asked about the future. These are guys that that have you know laid the groundwork and are at the top of the mountain. Cena, Orton. What is it like for you, a lifelong fan and somebody who's been very public about your admiration for John Cena over the years, to have these icons acknowledge you in any capacity this early in your career? It's crazy to, you know, Cena and Randy, because that for me, you know, growing up, that was my feud that was the feud I would watch it was either Randy and Cena or Cena and Edge and I even just talked to Edge this past Monday like it's just like one of those things where it's like uh you got to take a second and just breathe you know and I remember the first time I met Cena um there was like a little altercation on the internet where like uh I remember I did a promo for Evolve and just like called him out and said he should pass the torch and then I think like the next day or the next week he posted my picture and there was a lot of stuff going on. And I was like, Oh wow. Like he knows who I am. And, uh, when I got signed to WWE, we were at the performance center one day and we were leaving and uh, we got told, Hey, we need to stay. There's going to be a meeting and we're sitting there. And then we got told John Cena's coming in and I was like, Oh wow. And, um, Cena came in, he talked to all of us for probably about an hour. And then he specifically said, um, Hey, I have nothing going on today. So if anybody wants to talk individually, and privately we can. And I thought that was really cool. And he literally stayed. I remember waiting because each person he would talk to for, you know, they were trying to keep it at a certain time, but he talked to everybody for a while. And I just remember waiting for like, I think it was like three hours just to talk to him. And there was only a few bit of us. I remember a lot of people leaving and that kind of, I noticed that. And I was like, okay, like the one person that's really just like, was the face for WWE for so long. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, ask, you have nothing to ask him, you know? And, uh, but I remember waiting there and, uh, I went in and I was just like, so nervous. I didn't even really know what to say at first. And, um, 
first thing he said to me, he was like, Hey, how are you? And he was like, uh, what can I help you with? And I just remember, I was like, I don't even know what to ask him. Like, I gotta, I gotta tell this dude that he, uh, like he was just such a motivation for me in my life. And I think like when I say it, like people are like, Oh, okay. Like you were a John Cena fan, but it, it it's like, it's a little deeper than that. Just because like, as a kid, I think when you watch anything, you're super influenced by it. So whatever somebody's attitude is or personality or the decisions they make, it's very influencing. And for me, it helped me a lot because me in middle school, you know, a lot of people would say like, Oh, I would never see that happening to you. But like I was picked on a lot. And a lot of it was because I watched wrestling, but I knew if I could make it to Monday or Friday, I would be good. And I could just escape. And I think that's why, like, it goes back to when I see a ring, it just gives me this like calm feeling. Cause it's always been my getaway from everything. And just watching Cena was always that, that pull away from real life. And I'm like, wow, like I can get away, I can escape. So that's just the, the deep, you know, story of that. Man, you brought it real right now, didn't you? I like that. Yeah. I like, I like to hear that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that today. Well, well hey, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up you. So you go from the, the incredible experience of meeting and getting to speak with and learn from a John Cena. Now, right. more recently, you are on Monday Night Raw with Mr. McMahon, which yes, the magnitude of that, I'm sure, is not lost on you. You're a lifelong <laughs> fan. But what does it mean to the man behind Austin Theory who has put in the work to have this opportunity in front of you? I mean, it's like when you think wrestling and you think like wrestling God, like it's Vince McMahon, you know? And it, I think when I'm sitting there and I'm talking with him, it's like, wow, like it doesn't get bigger than this. Like, and already, so I'm just like, I don't know. Like, even when I, I probably watched the video of getting slapped like a hundred times. By the way, how does it feel? You know, the, the, the boss is getting up there in the years, but it looked like there was still some, some stank behind that one. I would just say, just don't upset Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> because, yo, he's, he's got some hands, man. Look, man, I, I'm not going to pry too much. I'm not going to dig any deeper. You obviously have yourself a golden opportunity, pun heavily intended because you stole mm. Cleopatra's egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, man, it sounds to me like you understand the magnitude of the opportunity presented in front of you right now. And I think that's of the utmost importance. And as a guy who's been here and watched a million people come and go, keep doing what you're doing. Keep that mentality. Don't be afraid to, to break a few eggs along the way because that's what all the greats need to do. But cherish what you have in front of you right now and keep doing what you're doing. And I have a feeling we'll be uh, having chats like this for a long time to come. Absolutely, man. Thank you. I might... You know, have to steal a couple more eggs on the way. I don't know. <laughs> hey, whatever you got to do, you get whatever you got to do. It worked out well. Dollars, you better hold on to it. At least one or two of those eggs, stash them away for a rainy day. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I, I would have just kept that egg, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, a hundred million dollars takes a long time to earn, but I mean, hey, I think rocks in that category right now. So I think yeah. you yeah. need to you need to adjust. I mean, seeing us sniffing that Hollywood air right now, I mean. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. So it might take a few right. more days, but man, I think you're going to get there. I'm very excited for the future. Austin Theory, good luck to you, dude. Thanks for hanging out on ATV. Thank you so much, man. It was good seeing you guys. Likewise, see you, we'll see you this week. Yes, sir. Big thanks to Austin Theory. Mark my words. I said it on Monday Night Raw. That dude has an extremely bright future and will be a champion sooner than later. 
Just glad he got to hang out with us here on ATB for a little while. Thank you for hanging out for a little while. In the meantime, follow us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Tell your friends. Just search After the Bell. Hit that follow button so you never, ever miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell.